Welcome to the Crazy Egg Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy. No matter where you are, thanks for making this part of your day. Thanks for taking a listen. Follow me on social media at Crazy Ike Fan on Twitter and on Instagram, Crazy Ike Fan Facebook page. What's up, Ike fans? Hope everyone's doing well. Hope everyone's having a good week. It's finally over. This dreaded match, the bitty steady match that we were, the game, the match in bitty steady that we were all terrified of that Ike was trying to get on paper with goalpost gate or measure tape gate, however you want to call it, is finally over. And it goes the way that we had predicted it was going to go. Ike get the three points in pity steady. At the end of the match, a little bit more difficult than what we were expecting. But we'll get to that here in a minute, guys. Uh, For me personally, to to just put this tape measure gate to bed or goalpost gate, whatever you want to call it. I've heard it called both things out there. Uh, I still think that Ike should pursue this in the European courts so... Atromitos can be punished because I feel like if there's no punishment for Atromitos, the team that should have been punished here was not punished. That sets a very dangerous precedent in this the Greek Super League that we don't need around. We already know everything that goes on in this league. We already know stuff that just baffles you, where owners can step onto the field, where uh, referees from other countries are having to come in and, and be and officiate these matches because, or the derby matches because uh, Greek refs can't handle it. And 2023, we can't train them properly. Uh, all the backwoods, backdoor stuff that happens in Greek football and in Greek society in general. We don't need to make it worse. And I feel like if you let Atromitos get away with this, then it's going to eventually make matters worse. Or what's to stop a team from trying to do the same thing, as I said last week. But anyway, let's get to the action here. I'm going to do. I'm gonna take a different approach to this podcast. I'm going to talk about the match, uh, but not as you know detailed as I saw things going from first half to second half, as I, as I normally do, typically break down matches. But I want to start with the starting 11 and then kind of just talk about how well each player played and how I saw it during the match, um, as well as my match insights. So let's get started here. Um, Ameda played this classic formation of 4-1-3-2, um, you know, with Anastasiadis, Anastasiadis, I'm sorry, getting the start at goalkeeper, Sidi Bey at right back, Vida Mukudi, the center back pairing, Hadzi Safi on the left, right in front of them, uh, Simanski, Ilyason playing, uh, and then the midfield being Ilyason Jonsson and Katsinovic. And up top, Araujo playing right behind Steven Zuber. Um, let's start with, with the goalkeeper, Anathasiadis. He really wasn't called up on uh, this entire match. Really, honestly, I mean, Ike were in no danger for most of the match. Uh, up until the end of the match, um, I mean, Atromitos really didn't have an opportunity until a clear opportunity, even a, even a sniff at an opportunity until the 65th minute, until Coleman decided to make some changes to bring on uh, Clonaridis um, and, another, and another attacking player, so let me talk about this for a minute. I think that Coleman 
had the right strategy here. And I've talked about this over the past few weeks, guys, if you listen to the podcast, where I think that the way you beat Ike is to force them to have possession and to create, to kind of hold your lines back, even if you're a quote-unquote big team, similar to how Pauk did. Like, they held their lines defensively, they let Ike have possession of the ball, and they chose moments where either they were going to really attack Ike or try to put fast players on the wings to counter with Ike. Um, And I think that disrupts Ike because Ike... You know, this season, this Almeida style of pressing and, and, and stealing the ball up high and creating havoc at the back for defenders to force them to make mistakes and kind of uh, force midfielders and defenders to make mistakes to where you, you get possession of the ball and then you go on a break or to use a basketball term, a fast break. Uh, I don't think it's full out, you know, Bielsa ball, uh, as we've seen, you know, Leeds United and other teams coached by Bielsa and this this style of play, I think I would call it Bielsa ball light. Um, so Coleman really, the coach for Atromitos, really thought to capitalize on that and really held his lines tight, which hey, I didn't expect. If you guys listen to the last podcast, I expected Atromitos to come out more so attacking, coming at Ike. I mean, they just let Ike have possession and Ike took full advantage of it. I mean, I looked at the stats at around the 20th minute and even though... Ike were having trouble getting to that final third. I mean, in 20 minutes, guys, we had 128 passes and good passing, too. I mean, they were moving the ball around very well. They were just trying to find a way to get through that final third of Atromito's defense and really attack the goal. Um, so we didn't really see the first opportunity until CDB had a free kick right outside the box uh, that hit the that hit the uh, crossbar. Um, very good well-taken free kick. We didn't even know he had that in his arsenal. And, um, you know, so Anathasiades didn't really have any any impact on the match at all. I really didn't even know who was playing keeper. Uh, you rarely heard his name called. You heard it called a little bit in the second half because of some opportunities Atromitos had. Also, uh, Atromitos kind of slowly in the second half started to raise their lines up to... Um, become more attacking before they made their substitutions. Um, and the ball was having to be passed back to to Anathasiadis. And that's the first time I remember even hearing his name called was in like the 60th minute of the second half. So CD Bay, I mentioned again, phenomenal match by him. Just quality, quality, quality right back. I really think that even though Rota has been playing phenomenal this season and has really improved as a player, you know, if CDB had the ability, I think, to kind of track back faster and was a little bit faster paced like Rota is, uh, not to say that CDB can't defend, but I think he does become a little bit of a liability with as much as he likes to attack as much as he likes to be in that attacking front to transition then and to keep pace with like a fast wing if if the other team has a fast winger. But other than that, I mean, he played a phenomenal match. He gives you so much more quality up front that, that Rota simply can't. Rota can, has a good sprint, can keep up with most players, can, you know, defends pretty decent. I mean, at times we've seen him make big mistakes and take chances inside the box 
I think he, at the beginning of this season, and I think definitely towards the end of last season, I remember Rota making a couple of mistakes, like costing us a few penalties. Um, but I think offensively, what you get with Sidibe, with just the way he passes the ball, the way he crosses, uh, the way he can get by players. I mean, he, at one point, uh, I think it was in the first half, he blew by three defenders of Atromitos. Uh, just really, really good uh, technical ability with the, the ball on his feet. Um, let's move on to Vida and Mukudi. Vida, I feel like, was a commander back there. Um, very strange that I kind of expected Mitoglu or Davelas to play in this match simply because I think with given Vida's age and his current form, which hasn't been the greatest, um, I really expected... I really expected uh, Mitoglu or Javela to start to kind of give him a break, especially with the big match coming up this weekend, the derby against Libiacos. Um, Mukudi was good most of the game. He did have two mistakes towards the end of the match where it could have it honestly cost Ike very heavily had, had uh, uh, Atromitos been able to, to capitalize. But at the end of the day, guys, we've talked about this before, like unfortunately that's how you score goals in football defense has to make some type of mistake it's not always you know like uh, that's how goals get scored but Ike tends to have this mentality of Ben don't break defense um you know Almeida towards the end of the match when Atromitos was becoming more dangerous when they were finally deciding to come out and play football because they were playing scared the entire match which again was kind of weird to me because I felt like they don't have anything to lose this is a big match for them. Their crowd was up for this match. The whole organization of Atromitos was up for this match. Uh, to not really take it to Ike and try to, you know, I mean, what's the difference if you get a result against Ike or lose badly against them? Um, I don't know. To me, I would have played the game a little bit differently. Uh, but I think that was Coleman's, what Coleman was trying to do was play back and just counter put in players to try to get a result at the end of the match. I mean, it it was a good structured game plan if this was, you know, middle of the season and uh, Atromitos were still fighting for something. But when you're in that second tier of the, when you're in the relegation playoffs um, and you're going up against Ike with everything that happened, with everything that surrounded this match, um, I think was just a, a missed opportunity for Atromitos. Uh, I think Ike played well. You know, like I said, they had the possession of most of the ball. Um, we just could not uh, find a way through to that final third um, to move up the field. Now, actually, let me talk about Haji Safi. Haji Safi, I feel like, has played that role uh, at left back very, very well. Um Obviously, I would like some more speed in that position, a little bit better crossing, because you see him coming up. He is a professional. I think he's a player that, I mean, to be completely honest, guys, I mean, after Muhammadi went down, you couldn't have asked for a, a better player to come in and play in that role, because you're not going to have, even though Ike's bench is deep, it, it's hard with your budget, with it being Ike or anyone in Greek football, to turn to their bench and be like, put a player equally as good as the starter in a certain position. Now, up front, you could argue Ike can do that, and they can, honestly. I mean, they can replace some of these players. I mean, you take Gatsinovich out and put Pineda there. You put 
Eliason, you take Eliason out and put Amrabat there, like you you're gonna lose some a little bit of quality, but it's not you're not losing that much. With Hadi Safi, I think you get a solid player, but I would like to see more out of that left back role. Mohammadi is match fit. Uh, really surprising that towards the end of the match we didn't see him. Maybe it's because he's saving his energy or saving him for plans against Olympiacos, which I'll talk about that later. Um, or I don't know why. Or I would have at least given him a, a few minutes in this match just to kind of, you know, he's been out since the World Cup. He's been out since before the World Cup. You know, I, I think um, a lot of talk in Greece today and over the past few days has been, you know, is, is he saving him for... Olympiacos. Personally, I don't think that's the case because you can't throw a player in that's... uh, Training is different. We talk about this all the time. If you listen to football analysts or football, other football podcasts, like training is different from getting a game rhythm and game form. Um, so I, I don't think he would do that in this massive, massive deadbeat that's coming up on Sunday. But Hadi Safi has, has just been, I mean, he's, he's been great. He's been solid. Um, uh, Simanski, I think in the beginning of the game and most of the first half just did not have a great game. He seemed kind of out of sorts. He, uh, you know, a lot of the talk has been in the Greek media, and I'm sure you guys have heard this, and I wonder this sometimes too, why do you play Johnson and Simanski, especially in games where you're facing these types of opponents where you don't really need two defensive-minded midfielders? Um, and it's just the style that Almeida likes to play. I mean, there's nothing else to say. They sometimes work well together, but we've seen them at times not really work good together. It feels like, you know, if one is starting... Um, that they really shine more than the other uh, if they're not playing together. Um, I don't know. I don't know why Almeida insists on doing this. You know, he's the fo- the football guru right now, to say. Um, so for me, it's just um, he was just kind of out of sync in the first half. He kind of leveled things out in the second half. Both him and Jonsson had a, had a pretty good game. Uh, Gatsinovic, what can you say? I mean, the guy was doing everything he could. But you could clearly tell that Gatsinovic and Eliasson, they're not to that level where they're fully fit yet. And that's, it's not concerning because I feel like they're getting there and you, and you can get good quality moments out of both of them. More so Gatsinovic than Eliasson. Eliasson, you could tell he just doesn't have that sprint. Um, his his uh, his crosses have not been as, as lukumi as I like to say, you know, as, as they've been in the past. But... I think they just need more more game time. It was nice to see Eliasson get um, get extra get some extra time on the pitch. He played sixty five minutes. You know, it, it's been the longest time that he's played. I think since he's uh, actually, I think he played longer than sixty five. I think he played close to seventy minutes, maybe even longer. But um, I do think that. The, that's something that's gonna he's they're gonna continue to just gain get their form back and this is exactly goes back to what I was talking about with Muhammadi. I a lot of people are hopeful that maybe he'll make an appearance for Libia, against Libiacos or maybe start against Libiacos maybe that's the case maybe you know if, if Almeida sees that how much he can help the team in practice I mean I could not see Muhammadi starting I could see him coming in late in the game for a number of reasons uh, 
but you just need game form. And I think Ilya Sonigatsinovich, game by game, you'll see improvement. Uh, Ilya Son again had a had a great game. It was nice to see him play the entire match. You know, um, again, like I said before, his passes were not as crisp as they. His crosses were not as crisp as they, they were in the past. Those nice Lukumia crosses that we're used to. Uh, Araujo playing the best he can in that role right behind the, 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 uh, the center forward. Not much to say on him. You know, the captain does the dirty work. If you see him, he's all over the pitch. He just... He, you could tell he's a player that just gives it his all when he's out there. Zuber, I mean, for all the criticism that this guy has taken, and I'm not trying to make up excuses for him again, you know, he still needs to prove himself to be better. He still needs to score more goals. He still needs to become the reason why he's the highest paid player at Ike right now. But he's on his way to doing that. I mean, he has scored two very crucial goals. You think about it. I mean, if he didn't score this goal and he wasn't able to get that goal and the assist, I think he had the assist in the in the game against the Unicos on the first goal, if I'm not mistaken. Ike are not in this position right now. That's six points that have come off the feet of Zuber. So he has, um, Steven Zuber has, has proven that that he can have that kind of quality moment. And he did in this match. Again, his movement was very good. There was one part in the first half where Gatsinovich made a nice little pass um, and kind of a through ball, let it out. To, and Zuber was chasing it down um, inside the box. And it was just simply the defender just... Very good defending by the Atromitos defender was able to get to the ball before Zuber was able to get a high-quality shot off. It it kind of, at, in the moment, it was kind of like, because this was before Ike had scored, it was kind of like, damn, this is a play where you really miss at least Levy Garcia. I, I really believe that if Levy Garcia got at the end of that ball, it, it would have been a it would have been a more high-quality shot. It would have been a more high-quality opportunity for Ike to score. Um, but he's done the, the best he can. I mean, and he, he's given us one goal in, in two matches. And like I said, his movement inside the box. And if Levy Garcia is not ready to go, um, it could possibly be him again starting at striker against Olympiacos. So, yeah, overall, I think it was just a match where Ike were in control. Uh, again, very tough time at the last third of the attack, the, the finishing um, creating more opportunities. We didn't create a lot in the beginning of this match. But one thing that I have seen from the way they moved the ball around, from the way the players were moving, either inside and outside the box, just making movements. You know, it's not the passer in football that finds the, the player open. It's the, the movement that the player can make towards the ball to get a good pass. And... You saw that a lot. You saw that Ike probably works th through this in training. By the example I just gave, the ball that Gatsinovich put through to Zuber to get him open enough to where he could take a shot. Now, like I said, Zuber doesn't have the speed that Levy Garcia does, and he was trying to one turn around and one-time it, and the defender was just able to get there before he could get a shot off. Um, but you see that, and you see like a lot of good movement from the Ike players, and obviously, this is to the players. 
to the management. And I'm, I'm, I was very glad to see this happening because you go back to a few weeks ago in some of the other matches where we were playing against closed defenses. You know, uh, you go back to the, the Onyekos match where I looked terrible. That's because the Onyekos closed them, themselves down so much that it's hard for a team that wants to play like Ike does, wants to play free football, wants to, you know, cause havoc at the back and really put pressure on, on the defenders and force them to make mistakes and capitalize on those mistakes uh, and play with quick, quick passes. It's very hard for a team like Ike to do that if the the team the other team is just holding their lines. But you could tell they have worked on quote-unquote, a, a build-up to their game. And it's nice to see that they're working on that facet of the game because it's something that you're going to need moving on forward in the future with Almeida as the manager and in the playoffs. It's something that's going to come in handy when you face a team that that's going to try to play you like this because I can see this happening. I can see... Uh, and we'll get into it a little bit later. I can see a team like Volos trying to play like the same way that Atromitos did today, or Adis, or even, dare I say, like Olibiakos or Panathinaikos or somebody, um, where they, they, they need the result. They need a positive result more than the win, where they're going to try to to say, okay, I care. We're not going to play open football because you can't capitalize uh, you don't have a build-up game, and it's nice to see them uh, focusing on that. Moving on with, with the match, I really think that the absence of um, Amrabat hurt a little bit in this match because, uh, and I think I might have touched on this in the last podcast, it's um, to be able to take Eliasson out and put Amrabat there. Amrabat essentially works as, you know, even though he would be in a winger position, he would essentially work as a... Uh, as a holding midfielder and, uh, and be able to hold on to the ball. This is where Amrabat would be key to be able to throw him late in games like this or past the, you know, 70th, 75th minute, put a high energy guy out there, put a guy that's going to be a threat for the defense when the defense is tired to come out there and be able to hold the ball to be able to, because at the end of the match, we did have this issue. And, and, you know, Almeida being the, the brilliant manager that he is, Notice this. I mean, anyone can notice this. So he automatically took out um, players and put in. Uh, <coughs> he automatically took out players in the midfield and put in Pineda. Uh, he put in Fernandez instead of Eliason, and he put in uh, Mandalos to kind of try to hold the ball a little more. Now Fernandez is not that solid player where he's going to hold the ball. Um, Fernandez again is a player that he had moments of brilliance towards the end of this match, but still needs to find his game form and it, it just you forget about all these players man you forget about all these players you forget about that you have Van Weert on the bench um it's it's crazy how much depth Ike has and this is really really going to help Ike I think in these in these uh Super League playoffs so not much more going on in the game here you kind of had to hold your breath at the end of the match I one critique of Ike that I've said over the past few weeks and I'll say it again here is my fear um when it comes to these bigger matches, we need to take advantage of our opportunities. We need to put the ball away more. We should have at least been up 2-0 at the half. We had uh, some opportunities late in the, in the first half and early in the second half that really should have put the ball away and not leave the door open to where Atromitos, I mean, really came within like 
a, a good a good shot on target to tying the match, and it would have been one of those matches again. I hope I'm not getting cuestiquos or tiring, where you have all the possession, you have all the shots, and you only come away with a point because your opponent was able to get one good moment of quality. Um, this game should have been decided long before it was than it was. Um, another thing that I'd like to mention, watching this club is just the, the sense of confidence. I mean, the sense of confidence really, in, and I would love to see them live to really get a better feel of it. And I'm sure you guys that are lucky enough to be in the, in the old country, to be in Greece, to watch this club right now. The sense of confidence, it comes through the TV screen, man. I can't describe it. Maybe it's just me being a fanboy, but they they don't seem worried. Like, I've seen Ike play opponents like Atromitos before where it's like you can tell the pressure of either needing to get needing to get three points really got to them as the game wore on and on and on. This team just has that confidence where we keep attacking, 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 playing our style of football, and we're going to get a goal. And that's what I knew. I, I had this feeling that the goal was coming. Um, and also, it's very impressive that we went into two very difficult places to play, Ofi and Atromitos in Peristeri, where our, some of our opponents have dropped points. Uh, of course... You know, Olibiakos and Pauk both dropped points in Beristeri. And I think that's one of the reasons why they went, especially Olibiakos, went so hard at Ike for trying to get the win on paper. Uh, which Ike, you, you'd have to be an idiot to realize that Ike are not afraid of playing any team in the Greek Super League, including Olibiakos or Pauk. Uh, and then Panathinaikos plays them this Sunday, unless Panathinaikos, which this could happen, unless Atromitos opens their legs. <laughs> Uh, and let's Panathinaikos in, which I think that's what's going to happen. If Atromitos plays the way they did against Ike, against Panathinaikos this coming Sunday, they're going to give Panathinaikos fits. And let me get into that a, l a little bit. Because um, uh, I've watched some of these teams play, uh, some of the con the co-contenders play over the last uh, couple of weeks. And I watched some of the Panathinaikos game on Monday one thing that's troubling, and you would hear this from Panathinaikos fans themselves, is they don't have... You're not always confident they're going to score. And they don't have the ability to score an easy goal. And they don't have players like Ike, for example, where a moment of quality is all that's needed. They just need that one moment, that one look on target. And you don't know where the goal is going to come from. I can score goals from can get goals from several different players several different positions with Panathinaikos you don't know and Jovanovic really doesn't have a deep bench and I think that's going to be problematic going into the playoffs for them um even though I just said I don't want to sound like I'm contradicting even though I said I you know create so many chances but Panathinaikos really Listen, in all fairness, they should have put the ball away a long time ago, but they but they they have that stress and anxiety about them. You see it under the pitch. You could if you've watched football so long, you could see this. It it radiates even through the TV. Like I know watching football live is much different and sometimes I can't get a good sense of what's going on in a, in a match. Uh, as much as someone that's there, and I love listening to people like their their post game 
post post match breakdowns afterwards because it's different to see it live and how everything is in, in a live match. I mean that's that goes for any sport, but in football especially it's it's hard to gear that. But this you could see it. You could see the players. Like I honestly thought I'm like oh, if Panathinaikos doesn't have a breakthrough here, like they're gonna if if. Panathinaikos is able to get away, which they they countered one time, and they had a great opportunity to to have a better shot on target. I'm like, if Panathinaikos puts a goal here, Panathinaikos are done. They're deflated. Like, um, and now again, without getting this win, one thing that I should have started off on is now you're looking up at Ike. You know, unless Ike has a a bad result or doesn't get all three points in the derby, you're looking up at Ike. Um, but to go back to an earlier point, sorry guys, I don't want to try to be all over the place, but these six points with Ofi and Atromidos were massive, massive for Ike. I didn't say this in the podcast last week, but in my own personal thought process, I thought to myself, I'm like, if we can get four points out of these two matches, I'd be happy with that. Of course, we're Ike, when you're going up against quote unquote, smaller teams, inferior teams, teams you should be beating, we should be getting the win. But four points in both of these two difficult places to play, back-to-back within a matter of a few days, uh, I would have taken it. To get six, this is phenomenal. This gives the team a lot of confidence. Um, you know, the the first match in Kriti was much more difficult, even though the scoreline didn't show that. And much more key, as I said in the last podcast, for us to get that victory, to get the, this this you know difficult week for Ike with three matches in in in, in a seven day span, um, to get it started, we got that victory, and I, and I um, I thought that was massive. But getting this one here is just with everything surrounding this match also um, was was great. All right, so now let me talk a little bit about Olympiacos and then we'll get into the Derby. Olympiacos, you know, they've been on a little bit of a run lately. I'm still, this will be their first match since the Panathinaikos game. They've struggled in derbies this year. They've struggled playing against the the big boys, per se. Uh, But, and let's just segue into talking about the match and I'll talk about Pac later. This match is do or die for them, and they know that it it's not impossible if they get nine points back and are looking up at Ike and Panathinaikos, but it becomes very very difficult for this team to go into both from a confidence level because if this finishes their only derby win, and if you want to call it a derby. Uh, their only derby wins this year <laughs> would be against Addis. Um So you're going to go into the playoffs saying, okay, I'm nine points back. Mathematically, I'm not out of it, but I haven't been able to beat any of the other contending teams all season. That's massive. Now, one thing that uh, I've hold, held true at sports, I heard this a long time ago, and I, and, I, and it resonated through my mind and when I watch sports it's it's the feeling that I get that when you have a desperate talented team you need to be careful playing that club. Olivia Gosser are a desperate talented team. They have a lot of talent. They can do damage. 
they're not going to be intimidated by Yasofya again. Yes, it's going to be a very hard place to play, but these are professional footballers. They've already seen it at the cup match. And honestly, I mean, look, me personally, guys, if you look at it from a game perspective, I think I played better in the league match in Karaiskaki than we did in the cup match. Obviously, we don't have to get into details about this because it was, you know, a different, uh, different starting 11, blah, 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 what have you. But I played much better. We just took advantage of our chances. And that goes back to what I was saying. We need to make sure we capitalize on our chances. This is going to be a desperate team. They're playing their season. So Ike needs to match that intensity. They need to come out and say, and Almeida needs to have these players thinking, we're playing in a cup final. This is it. Our, the playoffs for us begin Sunday. And it's a huge match because you're, you're essentially, you're not writing. You're starting to put the letters on Olympiacos' epitaph for the season if you're able to capitalize and beat Olympiacos and you're able to keep the, the two more. I don't mean to demean Panathinaikos. But it scares me more if Olympiacos or Pauk get on a roll in the playoffs than Panathinaikos. Because I know Panathinaikos, unfortunately, are going to be that car that's just trying to make it through the, the last few laps and then starts to run out of gas. And they think they're going to make it to the finish line. And then it just, you know, they spin out of control. I, I, I feel like that's coming for Panathinaikos again. Look at what the terrible January they had. Now, Panathinaikos are also a tough team. They're they're tough. They're mentally tough. Their players play hard. You could you could see that coming through the TV too. Panathinaikos plays hard, but it would scare me more if Olympiacos starts to gain confidence or Pauk starts to get confidence. Um, so very very interesting match to coming up here. Um, I hope Eliasson gets the start. We need I think speed up front. Uh, Levy Garcia is reportedly, as of this morning, going to start full training tomorrow. We don't know if he's going to be match fit by Sunday. God, I hope he really is because I think he's going to make a difference. Um, Olympiacos, some of their additions, like Canos, has come in and, and has played well the past few games. M Misel has this club playing as well as they can right now for Olympiacos. They're not up to, obviously, Olympiacos' standards, but they're playing better than what they were. And... It's gonna be it's gonna be a very exciting match, very intense match coming up. And yeah, Philadelphia. Um, you know, I I don't want to make any predictions, but because I I really I don't know I don't know. Because if Olympiacos come out and play the way they did against Panathinaikos, it could spell trouble for Ike. But then Ike also were so good offensively and have so many weapons, and Olympiacos is gonna be without. Socrates would say what you will about him. Yes, he hasn't performed up to the level that everyone wants him to perform at Olympiacos, especially. But he still is kind of a field general of that defense. Now, he's done a lot of dumb mistakes. He hasn't played up to his caliber this season. But he still is going to be a huge absence for Olympiacos in, in this Sunday's derby. And also, just I'm sorry, like, guys, I know there's foreign players that come in here like Araujo that fall in love with the jersey, uh, Valbona on Olympiacos' side. Uh, there's players that come from outside Greece and, and fall in love with the jersey and really know what this derby means and really know what it means to the fans to, to, win, a, to win a big match like this. But having a Greek-born player, someone that has Greek, Greek blood running in their veins, 
it's a totally different um, story. Uh, I, I think they, that just brings so much more intensity, so much more passion to the match than uh, having uh, that foreign presence. Now, again, I'm not against foreigners. We've seen great players come in from and become more Greek than, than, than me or, you know, or that we are in general. Um, but I think that's going to be a massive blow to Libyakos. I don't know who's going to start for them. I don't know if uh, most likely it'll be Doi and, and Ba, which Ba, we know, phenomenal player, but can be a head case. So I think it's, it's gosh, I could see how this game goes. I could see people really getting under his skin, really irritating him. Maybe we might see a little red card. Um, I don't know. It's Wow, this is going to be a... a just a very intense, very exciting match. Can't wait for this one. And like I said, Olibakos is playing for this season. Ike really needs to take advantage of this. We had this opportunity in Tumba to bury Pauk and really leave them behind. We, and I hate to use these words, we can't wake up this sleeping giant that is Olibakos for the playoffs. Because if you do, if you let them back into it, I can't imagine a world where... Panathinaikos uh, and Ike as the bed so bad that Olympiacos are able to redeem themselves and win this the league this year. That would just it would put a black cloud over the league. I don't and if any Olympiacos fans are listening to me, I don't mean in the sense like Olympiacos if if they're better in the playoffs and if they perform better and if they get these victories that they don't deserve it or shouldn't be champions. But you have to think like at one of the worst years Olympiacos has had. For them to to be able to get it together and win this championship, that says a lot about the league. Now, I don't think that's the case. I really think the two front runners after Sunday are going to be Ike and Panathinaikos with Olympiacos and Pauk looking up at us, um, which they're going to be looking up at us, period. But um, I also feel like it's not the end of the world if, if this doesn't happen. It just It's just going to make things from a footballing perspective it's going to make things so much more interesting in the playoffs i think for the neutrals probably going to be going to be pulling for libyakos win um simply because it would just make the playoffs that much more interesting but as an ig i just no um i've said it all season that's the team that the team in pira is the team that scares me the most um out of all the the other contenders balk it scares me a little bit because balk for some reason the luck that this team has under Luchescu, uh, they just are able to get results in derby matches. The problem with Balka is they don't capitalize against the quote-unquote other sides, the smaller teams. Um, so that's where I draw the line with them. We don't know what kind of Balka team we're going to see. That's why it'd be better to, if we get this W, uh, I would... I would say that Ike are at least a car length ahead of everyone else or a couple of car lengths ahead of everyone else. We're going to go into the playoffs with tons of confidence. Then it depends on how the – look, we've also got to see how the scheduling for the playoffs comes out because if we're playing like Olibakos two back-to-back weeks and we lose this Sunday, then it – especially if we've got to go to Karaskaki next Sunday and play them again, that becomes a different story. That becomes very, very interesting. Um so from here on out, it basically becomes, honestly, to put it in footballing terms, a six-pointer. Any th- This game is definitely a six-pointer because it would put Olympiacos nine points back or three points closer 
to the top of the table. Um, anyway, guys, let me get out of here. No, wait, one more thing. Ike basketball won the other day. They beat Limoges and hats off to them um, to be able to turn their BCL season around, especially when I saw them get into this, you know, they're having like a group stage in the second round of the, of the BCL. How they started that loss to Malaga where we were up and then just got dominated in the, in the second half. Um, for them to come back and get three straight wins and pretty much be with one foot in the in the in the final eight against teams that have double and triple or quadruple your budget like that's huge and good ups for them. I I think that this 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 manager deserves some type of award, um, the Ike basketball manager because I feel like with all the changes, the ro- the roster turnover constantly, you know, players leaving, players coming. Uh, and to get these players to stay motivated. And I know we've had some bad results. We've had some bad losses in the, in, in the basketball league in Greece. And then uh, had some bad losses early on in the, in the BCL. But to be able to have them one step away from qualifying for the final eight of this Euro- European tournament. And say what you will about the BCL. I know it's not the Euro League. I, I know it's not even the Euro Cup. But a phenomenal, phenomenal job. My hats go off to the players, the coaches, the fans that were there. You know, Ike travels well across Europe. Um, no matter what sport and what capacity we're playing, there's always fans there ready to root on uh, the Vigefalo. So um, big ups to them. Guys, I'm seriously, like, really excited about this Derby. I cannot wait. Um, this is one where, like like I said uh, a few weeks ago, I think it was, it was about the Palk match where I'm just going to grab a beer and sit back and really just I think it's going to be a very entertaining match um both teams are going to want to come out and win Olympiacos are desperate again as I said to get the the three points and really just announce themselves as being here before the playoffs and get that derby win Ike are going to be ready to hopefully ready to go um most of the players know what this match means the crowd is going to be you know that crowd in near Philadelphia. Oh, before we go, uh, they just announced this week that that's going to be the new uh, home of the national team for a little while. So great news there because we know how crappy the venue has been in Athens lately of them having some of the games at Oaka, which is very stupid on Nepo's part. I mean, I, me personally, I think the the national team should not have a home venue, but should travel around the country and let some of these fans see some of their favorite footballers. I think that they should really do that. Um, but I think this is going to gather attention because it's going to give up fans of other clubs to come in and see Aya Sofia or give Ike fans even a chance to that haven't been able to make it to the stadium or get tickets to the game because everything has always been sold out to be able to go in and, and see the stadium at least. Um, but very, very big news there. Uh, Opus Panda, but yeah, Forza, I gotta get the Dexanapum next week.